Thank you. Welcome to tonight's show. What a treat for us. It's our monthly sit-down with Athletic Director Trev Alberts. If you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text, 402-413-2400. We've got a lot to cover. We're kind of coming out of the crossover season. You're kind of putting to bed the winter sports, and now the spring sports are in full full go. Let's just start with the winter sports. I know people have been anxious to kind of hear your thoughts about the men's and women's basketball seasons and how they ended. Yeah, I was really, really pleased with those programs. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, men's basketball in particular, you look at some of the change that happened this year, and I think Fred and our coaching staff did a really good job. You know, we talked about uh, in the last offseason, um, you know, how do you win in the Big Ten? And so you looked at a team, and unfortunately they had a lot of injuries, and it was really too bad for that, for that team. But what I was pleased with was to see the resiliency in the fight and see them stay together and see young men who ordinarily didn't have a large role on the team in the middle of the year come together. I thought they had good unity. Uh, I thought they were a much tougher team. I think they played, you know, good defense. Um, obviously, still a lot of long way to go, right? Um, and I think you know the, the the frustrating and challenging thing was that first round game in the Big Ten tournament against Minnesota. It's hard to beat a, the same team, you know, more than two times. But uh, thought we could make a little bit of a run there. Really was hoping to get to the NIT, but uh, really pleased with the progress that that Fred and his staff have made. And and obviously, this will be a really important off season for them. Uh, but um, and then of course Amy and the team. Um, too bad to, to see their uh, uh, season end in the NIT. And I think Izzy uh, has already communicated her intention to head back to Australia. So that'll be a. This is a time of change for both of those programs. Rosters are going to be really important. I know those coaches are working really hard, but I appreciated their efforts this year. It seemed like on the men's side, your fans really wrapped their arms around the work ethic of that team, and I think that's what kind of made them feel good about where the program was going because they felt like they could identify with that team. Well, that's we've talked about this all the time. You know, Greg, you and I have talked about this. I talk to our coaches all the time. You know, my experience as a student athlete here was, you know, this incredible fan base that we have, of course they want to win. We all, we all want to win. But to them, it's more important about how you compete. What do you look like? What's the team culture like? And I think the change for a lot of folks in watching our men's basketball team was it was a team that was more reflective of the ideal of what our fans expect and what our Nebraskans and our alumni. So hardworking, tough, together, never quit. You know, uh, what was that game? Was it Maryland? We were down 17 points, found a way to come back. Like, uh, never out of a game, never quit, um, and respect all of your opponents, but fear nobody. And uh, that's across the board what I'm hoping our athletic department stands for. And, uh, um, you know, I thought, I thought men's basketball made uh, some, some significant strides in that area. This is not on, on our list of topics that we're going to cover tonight, but I know you can handle this. It, it, it relates to NIL because both Fred and Amy are dealing with athletes that are not from the United States. And currently the way NIL is set up, they can't benefit from that. Jazz Shelley on the women's side, Casey obviously on the men's side. I know there was congressional hearings today. Not sure I trust those folks, but they were talking <laughs> about NIL. Do you sense maybe there's a chance that some of these foreign athletes who compete over here may get a chance to take advantage of NIL down the road? I, I absolutely do. And quite frankly, we've got a, a whole team of folks um, led by Jamie Vaughn in our compliance department that are working really hard. Um, and so we've made a tremendous amount of progress in that area. And um, I'm not sure the totality of it, but I do believe even today that international students are beginning to 
to benefit from name, image, and likeness. And uh, we've got more work to do there. I don't want to because I know the exact information about what their ability is, but a totally different picture today than what it was even one year ago, in large part because of the effort of our team, and not only our team in athletics, but across our campus. Um, you know, that's, it's an unfair uh, position for those international students to find themselves in and anything we can do to to help affect the change that's necessary so that they can monetize their name, image, and likeness will be important for student athletes moving forward. Very good. And again, basketball is such an international sport. That's yeah, going to come up a lot more than maybe well, It impacts our tennis programs. It impacts a lot of our programs. We, you know, I think average fan might, uh, might miss just how many international student athletes we have within the athletic department. It's a higher percentage than I thought. Husker Wrestling, your thoughts about Mark Manning's team? We had Mikey Labriola made it to a national championship match. He didn't win, finished second. But your thoughts about the way that season ended? Appreciate Mark a lot. You know, um, just a dedicated servant of Husker Athletics. You know, he's a hard worker. I think he has a great culture in his wrestling program. I think they continue to take the next step. Obviously a little bit, but still a top 10 finish nationally. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten, that's a, a very difficult, you know, wrestling conference. And so, you know, I in knowing Coach Manning, saw him at lunch today. Uh, you know, he's one of those pleased but not satisfied guys, right? You know, happy with where the program is, sees potential. potential. Um, I think he's really excited about a lot of the young wrestlers in his program. Yeah. And uh, so really proud of the wrestling program, had a great finish, and um, they'll, they'll be strong next year, and we'll continue supporting wrestling and doing everything we can to help Coach Manning and his coaching staff take the next step. About six weeks ago, you removed the interim tag from Justin St. Clair's title as track and field coach. They had a tremendous finish to the indoor. I think they launched the outdoor season this week at the Texas Relays. But how about the way track and field competed both at the Big Tens and the NCAA indoors? Yeah, Coach St. Clair and that staff did a great job as well. I mean, um, we finished higher than we finished in a long time. And, um, you know, I think we ended up, yeah, we had eight first-team All-Americans. We had wow. two NCAA runner-ups. Men's finished eighth, women 14th. I'm excited about the outdoor because, quite frankly, in some of the strengths, you know, in the throws area, there's more opportunities for us. And I think you're going to see our track and field programs finish even higher in the outdoor season. So, um, you know, Coach Pepin, uh, still around, uh, you know, was up in the administrative. Uh, saw him up. He uh, continues to come by, and he'll work out and get some exercise there. And just so appreciative of what Gary did to to build that program and and I know he feels great with Coach St. Clair now taking that program, um, taking the reins, trying to continue to build it and grow it and uh, make it special. Those kind of finishes I know are important to you because you keep an eye on those all sports points and cups that they put out every year and it's important for Nebraska in your eyes I think to have a well-rounded athletic department. Well it is you know I mean I, I've said this many times we're in a competition business and um, you know I you know we're in it to win we, we are resourced the right way um, we're we're spending the necessary resources to be competitively successful not in one sport or two uh, quite frankly our job administratively is to continue to knock down any of those areas of excuses that we can come up with and our our incredible fan base the support uh, that we get uh, being in the Big Ten Conference quite frankly gives us little room or little margin for error in the sense of uh, there are no excuses and uh, so we're pushing hard um, you know we, we don't want to just walk, you know win in the pool or on the court or on the field we want to win in every aspect of the student-athlete experience and uh, that's our culture here and we have really competitive coaches and uh, this is an evolving landscape in intercollegiate athletics 
projects. Nebraska's positioned well, and I'm very, very pleased with the progress that I've seen across the board. You know, other sports as well. Bowling is third in the country right now. Uh, men's gymnastic is fifth nationally, going to be competing in the Big Tens. Rifle is sixth nationally. So we're going to continue taking those steps, incremental steps, and uh, there's no reason why we can't have broad-based success at the University of Nebraska. Dorothy Lynch, Homestyle Light and Lean Dressing, Endless Flavorabilities. Trev Albert's with us for the entire hour tonight. A lot to get to, just kind of putting a, a bow on some of the spring sports uh, that ha- or winter sports that have wrapped up as we get closer to uh, spring and championships and some of the outdoor sports like golf, tennis, baseball, softball, those type of things as well, and spring football. And they're a week or so into spring practice. I know you've been out, caught a few spring workouts for the guys. What, have your, what are your initial reactions to seeing this coaching staff out on a, on a football field with these guys now? Well, it's been fun to watch Coach Rule and our coaching staff. You know, you try to anticipate what might practice look like. Obviously, leading up to spring ball in terms of all the recruiting and all the things administratively that they've done have been really, really good. Um, it's a big transition when you come to a new staff. But to watch them get out on the field, uh, to see them coach, the energy, um, I, you know, it's you don't want to get too excited. We've only had three days of padded practice, uh, but there's there's energy, there's some physicality, there's some change. We had a lot of former players on Saturday come back and get to attend the practice. I think we had 175 or so former players, and so great to see them trying to bring people together. And and uh, I know uh, Coach Rule. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he's really pleased with the talent level, pleased with. Uh, the want to of the student athletes and I think that's half the battle we've got a good culture there good leadership and so uh, we've got a lot of new you know additions in the transfer portal I know you're gonna have an interview with Jeff Sims mm-hmm. later and and uh, a great young man uh, so I, th- I think they've done a great job of assimilating the new folks in with our existing roster creating that new roster of course we've got a new offense new defense not a lot to learn but it's a clean slate for everybody so everybody feels like they have a realistic chance to make a contribution and and I'm bullish uh, and uh, excited about this team. You had a fun uh, uh, sit down a few weeks ago with, with Coach Rural on one side of you, Coach Osborne on the other side of you. I mean, you were probably a kid in the candy store in that room, weren't you? It was an incredible honor. Um, you know, I, uh, I got to give Coach Rule all the credit. I mean, that was his idea. It was not my idea. Um, he has a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Osborne. And... Um, Again, not not speaking for him, but just in observing, you know. And the thing that I, I really appreciate about Matt when I watch him, I mean, he legitimately um, is trying to learn. Um, I know he's talked to multiple coaches that have coached here, and what did you experience? And uh, it's been done here before. And so, just to see the two of them again, I think you can see if you watch the video what I saw as part of the recruitment process. You know, there's this core fundamental belief and culture at the University of Nebraska. And as Matt talks, it's like, wow, that's what we believe. And that's what I was drawn to. And, and it's nice seeing them, you know, make the connection. And I'll tell you, you know, Coach Osborne just means the world to me. Um, he did more for me than, uh, than I, I ever deserve. Um, but, you know, just his wisdom, his intelligence, his view of the world and philosophically beyond X's and O's, his strategic vision and innovation are next level. And um, I'm just really interested in, in seeing what Coach Rule and his staff can do, you know, to again continue to think about innovating and um, and going to the next level with our program. But sitting down with the two of them was a dream. It was 48 minutes long. It felt like it was about three minutes. That's unedited. 
And uh, we just sat and talked, and it was incredible. Fantastic. Question in the chat room for you, if you could give us, everybody, an update on the Go Big project. Are you yeah. on schedule? Yeah, things are going well. Um, and looking out right now, they're, they're still working. Um, and uh, the project looks great. We're able to, to uh, have prospective student-athletes go through there and their families in recruiting. Um, the football component stuff is on track and on time. That will all be open prior to the start of fall camp. Obviously, what we're really focused on is there's a lot of disruption when you think about trying to move an entire program. We wouldn't want to do that in the middle of the season. So making sure all the football-specific stuff is done prior to the fall camp. There might be some different things like the training table, academic support, and all of that. The good news is we have that existing programming already in the stadium, so those areas might might be done a little bit later, three or four months later, but uh, you know the budget is intact, which is really important. We still have some uh, um, uh, work to do, obviously, but um, re really pleased with where that's at. This is going to be a game changer. And you've got some work going on in the in the stadium as well. You're redoing that club section on the east side. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. We would have preferred, I would have preferred to have, as we've talked about the stadium, one holistic, one communication strategy about how we're doing what we're doing. The east stadium um, piece, which was really necessitated by the fact that we needed some waterproofing in there, the concrete. We had to, from some maintenance perspective, Greg, go in there. The plan was always to transition those seats into club seats. So those are being transitioned into club seats. We've had a great response there. We're working hard with those that have chosen not to remain in those seats because obviously it's a different price level for club seats and we're going to do our best to, to make sure that uh, uh, we can find com uh, comparable uh, and good seats for all of our fans. So that's going to reduce capacity for the spring game. You, that, that whole section is going to be off limits, right? So you won't be able to get 80, 85,000, but it looks like ticket sales are going pretty well for that. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're approaching 52,000 already. Great. And uh, just want to remind our fans that uh, we'd like them. It's ten dollars uh, now, and 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 day of game is obviously uh, I think twenty dollars. So want to encourage all of our fans to to get to the spring game excited uh, about what Coach Rule and the staff are going to put together. I think uh, I think our fans are really going to appreciate uh, the entire day. Obviously, we always look for good weather and those types of things, but it's going to be a great day of celebration. We we've heard, and if you went to some of the basketball games, you heard some of the announcements about a chance for you to get on a wait list for Husker football tickets. Are you getting much response for that? We have, um, I believe it's one of the highest waiting list numbers we've had in a long time. We have almost 9,000 people wow. on the waiting list for season tickets. And so it's a palpable, you know, energy surrounding what Coach Rule has done and his coaching staff. And so I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm excited about the renewed energy. And um, obviously we need to earn it on the field. Uh, there's a lot of talk. Um, but the reality is I think, again, part of what, I think has been really great about Coach Rule and our staff is is their ability and willingness to work hard to connect in the community, spend time getting out to local high schools. Uh, this is Nebraska's team, right? And uh, giving them some ownership and allowing them to feel like they're a part of it, I think has been really important. So about 9,000 9, folks on that waiting list. Fantastic. Yeah. Husker Nation never ceases to amaze me. All right, folks, 402-413-2400. That's the number if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text. That is our Sports Signing Hotline brought to you by Woodhouse, where you can shop your way from one of the 16 convenient locations or online at woodhouse.com anytime. They've got 18 brands and a huge selection of pre-owned, and you can always find what you are looking for with Woodhouse. The spring game, three weeks from Saturday. We talked about the ticket sales. Coming up next.
an announcement you're going to want to know about. Pretty exciting event surrounding the spring game. We'll tell you about that next. Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest premier John Deere dealer supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. 402-413-2400, the number to call us up with a comment or question. I mentioned going to the break that you're going to have some exciting events that surround the spring game. And this is one you've been working on for maybe since the day you took the job. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something I'm really passionate about and and I'm really excited about. And so we mentioned we've got about 52,000 um, tickets already sold for the spring game. And uh, tonight we're going to get to announce that um, we're going to have a special guest at the spring game. And I'm really excited. Frank Solich and his family uh, are are going to join us, and we're going to have an opportunity to honor Frank and his family. Um, not going to release this now. We'll also have another special announcement at the spring game concerning Frank. But um, I'd just really like to encourage Husker fans to to help us make it really special. And um, yeah, we've been working on this a while, and uh, but I think it's it's time. And um, really looking forward to Husker Nation honoring Frank and uh, thanking him for everything he's done um, as a player, as a coach, and also honor him for what he did after he left here. I mean, Frank is a, a college football Hall of Famer in terms of what he accomplished as a coach, an incredible person. And uh, so, yes, after uh, uh, a, a lot of work, um, we're going to be really excited to get to honor Frank Solich at the spring game. He was on the staff when you played. He was the running backs coach, and yeah. you would, would have been on the other side of the ball. But you obviously spent some time in rooms with him. Uh, and I think people have tried to get Frank to come back. I think they want to give him a hug, Trev. I really do. But And I get it. I understand where he probably feels that it didn't work here or he was let go from here. But congratulations. That's a big, big get to bring him back. Well, you know, we, we've, uh, first of all, just he's an incredible person. He is one of the most humble people you will ever meet. And, you know, in many of our conversations, I think one of the ways that I got to turn the corner a little bit is, you know, he would continue to say, Treb, it's just, it's just not me. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't. And it finally dawned on me, and I said, you know, Frank, it, what if I told you it's not about you? What if I told you it's about the fans? And our fans want to. And, um, you know, that, that gave him pause. But I will say, you know, and I don't want to go too far here, but in the last two years, you know, you and I were talking about this prior to the, the show. I watched this place from afar, my 12 years in Omaha prior to that, and I watched the fragmentation in so many areas. Fragmentation in our fan base when one coach was fired, when they didn't think he should be fired, and then the next coach was hired, and that was the wrong coach. And we had former players, and we had, we had all this fragmentation. And if there's anything Coach Osborne was so good at communicating, at least that made such an impact on me, was the power of unity and unity of purpose. And we would talk about how we may not be the most talented team, but if we're the most unified team, because, you know, and that's why teamwork is one of our core values. We don't let anybody put their own personal self-interest ahead of what's in the best interest of the team. And so this concept of, I've watched incredibly gifted teams accomplish very little. I've also watched marginally talented teams change the world because they were unified. And so I've just been really focused on how can we find a way. We're a small population state. 
The only chance we have is to have unity. And so now to find ourselves, you know, I think Coach Rule's done, and part of why he's here is because he's a guy that brings people together. And so to have a fan base right now that's, you know, maybe not 100% unified, but not fractured. We have a former players. I think Matt Rule's done a great job of bringing them together. As I said, we had all these former players, different generations. He spoke to the former players. It was powerful in the team meeting room about unity. And so, you know, having Coach Osborne be in part and now having Coach Solich, um, you know, I haven't been 100% successful. There's other areas that we're still trying to bring together. But this place is at its best when we're unified. And it's our only chance. And so I'm just so grateful to Coach Solich. And our athletic department is committed. We're going to do everything we can to make that weekend extraordinarily special for Frank and Pam and the entire family. I think you just sold some tickets for the spring game with that right well, there. Let's get it sold out. Yeah. The wait list we talked about in the other segment, there's a deadline, right? April 1st, I think, is the That's deadline. Correct. So do you, yep. you folks, if you want to get on that, you've got about three days left to get That's that right. done before that happens there as well. Um, question in the chat room. Coach Rural yesterday, I've got all my coaches mixed up here. Coach Rural yesterday talked about why he doesn't have anybody wearing a single-digit number. He wants that to be earned and voted on by the players. Somebody in the chat room wants your thoughts about that deal. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't heard a lot about that, hadn't thought about that. And after thinking about it, 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 it makes sense, you know, in the sense that so much of what I'm watching Coach Rule um, do is create this, this culture of competitive excellence, right? And, and everything is a competition. Every drill is a competition. Everything we do is a competition. And in the end, again, those are, those are numbers that have to be earned. That's special. It's not unlike earning the right to have a black shirt as a starting defensive player. And so um, it's different, it's new, it's innovative, it's a different tradition. Uh, and uh, I'm fully supportive of Coach Rule and his staff as they're trying to build a culture of co you know, competitive excellence. And uh, uh, I, I know that, that that's going to generate significant effort and interest in players who want to earn the right. Um, those are, those are going to be special young men who represent the ideals of a culture that Coach Rule feels strongly about. Traditions are, are huge to fan bases. Your thoughts about continuing and maybe trying to start one, and this may be a start of one for Matt. Well, it's been, it's, it's been the thing that I've, I've really enjoyed. You mentioned the sit-down you know, with Coach Osborne, and one of the things that, that Coach Rule has asked me about is how do we, like he, he, he respects and wants to honor Nebraska, everything about Nebraska football. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to do that. At the same time, how do we move forward? How do we innovate? How do we think differently? Uh, if we're doing the same thing in 2023 as we did in 1988, we might not be successful. So we're, we need to earn the trust uh, to be able to do those sorts of things. And I think part of that is respecting past traditions. You then get some flexibility to create new ones. And um, I'm excited about it. Very good. Folks, buckle up, put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Need to step aside, get another break in when we come back. Travis has been busy on not only working for here, but doing some stuff on the NCAA level on their competition and football oversight committee. Some interesting things headed down the pike. We're going to talk about that coming up next. 
Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest's premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Athletic Director Trev Alberts with us until the top of the hour. Text lines 402-413-2400. Carla on the text line, excellent news on Frank Solich. Many thanks, Athletic Director Alberts, for completing something that needed to be done. That's outstanding. John in Kansas. Frank, I love Frank Solich. There you go. You made a lot of people's night. Well, um, it's a group effort, and um, again, most and all the credit goes to Coach Solich, you know, and, and just so pleased that uh, he's willing to join us, and um, we're going to have a special day. It's going to be a special weekend, and, uh, you know, you think about uh, if we have some great weather, it's later, it's April 22nd, we've got a new coach, Coach Solich back. It's going to be a lot. we got a lot to celebrate, a lot to honor, and, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. No doubt. All right, another text coming in for you. Do you have a concert announcement yet to make about the volley with, that it coincides with the volleyball event? No, we don't. We we don't have a, a, a signed contract yet, and uh, so we're working hard on that. We do have you know um, some things in mind, uh, but until we have a signed contract, we really can't publicly release it. But uh, looking forward to that. We will have a a great uh, a great experience for those fans as well, and um, it'll be exciting. Very good. I tease this going into the break. You sit on a couple of football committees, the oversight committee, the game competition. Tell us about, one, what those are like, and two, there are going to be some tweaks to college football with, as regards to the clock. What can you update our folks on with that? Well, first of all, I thought it was just uh, rookie hazing um, as part of the Big Ten conference. But no, I, I do. You know, it's uh, I take it seriously. We had a we had a head coach's call this morning at seven o'clock, uh, and so as representative football oversight committee, you know, giving updates. And, and first of all, one of the things that we're trying to do is bring some sanity, you know, for our head coaches. When you think about all of the changes that have happened, um, you look at the transfer portal and early signing dates. So really taking a hard look. We've done a lot of surveys on the recruiting calendar what makes sense how do we get our coaches off the road a little bit how do we get them spending more time with the students we actually have here and as you can imagine if you're a coach with a transfer portal relationships with the guys you have on your roster are going to be pretty important um, so we want to bring some sanity to it and uh, there's a you know we're, we're working through all of that that's on the football oversight committee. The other thing that we've worked hard on there is to look at the structure of the football oversight committee. Obviously, there's FCS schools and FBS schools. We live in two different worlds. They're not wrong. They're just different. So giving some more autonomy to the FBS schools to, to deal with the things that we're dealing with. So there'll be some structural changes there. And then the, you know, the, the, the competition committee has looked hard at you know, how do we take some plays out of our game? When you think about college football, the number of plays that are happening. Of course, uh, maybe our coaches have talked a little bit about huddling, but you look at the number of plays in the NFL versus the number of plays in college, and how do we speed up our game? How do we make it more fan-friendly? How do we take some unnecessary hits out of the game? And so there's been several proposals that have been out there, and I, I do think that um, we've asked for some feedback from, from our coaches as well. That'll go through our compliance. But, but three real you know, main things, running the clock after first downs, um, we'll, that's we'll an NFL deal. That's too. an NFL deal. Right. No back-to-back -back timeouts, and so you know the icing the kicker sort of component where you have three timeouts. You know that would be out loud. That no untimed downs at the end of the first and third quarter. So, you know it doesn't seem like much, but uh, I think we can constantly look at tweaking some things as we move forward. That.
that can make our game a little bit more fan friendly, eliminate the consistent stops, make it move a little bit quickly. Obviously, there's consideration for your media partners as well, but also health and safety of the players and how do we get unnecessary extra plays out of our game. So, you know, these are interesting conversations. Um, uh, I, I, I enjoy being on them and uh, hopefully we're, we're doing some good for the game. Yeah, I'm sure the media partners kind of want some windows to be identified. They don't want to miss the first quarter and a half of another game because you've got one game going because there's been so many stoppages of play. That probably does factor into it, and that's why they're writing some pretty significant checks to conferences like the Big Ten. Well, it has to be a component of it. It, it can't be the driving force, you know. And, and quite frankly, we had presentations from the media, and and the, the media themselves are not driving, demanding. We That's not it. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we've watched our, you know, length of game time continue to creep. And at some point, we have to start finding ways to to at least slow down the creep or reverse that course. And, um, you know, we can't allow our game get to a, a four-hour games. And then you look at the passing game and how much more passings is part of our uh, – as, as, as time has changed. So, again, we'll, we'll, we're just um, looking at some of these tweaks. It's a hard thing to gain consensus, you know. Um, there's, you know, the way that, that maybe the Big Ten looks at some of these things is different than maybe what the American Conference or the Sun Belt or the MAC. And so um, – uh, you know, challenging topics, but um, you know, I think the health and safety of football players is a real priority, and that's something we all agree on. The NFL has been consistently able to keep their games right around that three-hour yeah. window thing. Let's go to uh, Portland, Oregon, and Bill. Good evening, Bill. You're up with Trev Alberts. Yeah, I was going to, I, uh, I was going to ask this of uh, Greg, but I'll ask this of Trev. What do you think about um, the um, – do you think the colleges will someday adopt the NFL rule of point after touchdowns where the, uh, where the extra point is kicked from the 20 or 22-yard line? Yeah, it's a good question, Bill, and, and I'm glad you bring that up. Um, you know, that, that has not, as of today, come to the, you know, the rules committee or competition committee that I'm aware of. Um, I, you know, I, I, I know that the college game is not trying to be the NFL game, right? I mean, I think there's things that we can learn from each other. There's things in, you know, instant replay that college is kind of figuring out that perhaps the NFL does a little bit better. Um, but as of today, um, I have not heard about an effort to to follow the NFL in terms of how they do uh, extra point kicks. Questions in the chat room if you have any update on future Big Ten football scheduling with the addition of the Los Angeles schools. Well, uh, as I mentioned this morning, um, we were on a call with the Big Ten football coaches, and um, we have multiple models, and um, we're we are diving into that. We do not have consensus. And of course, there's, you know, let's just be honest, um, part of this is 
as, as we move to a 12-team playoff, at the end of the day, what conferences are going to try to do, which we should all be doing, is how many teams can we get into the college football playoff? There's a financial incentive to that, and of course, so we really want to be thoughtful and think about that. We have rules in place from years past that we're rethinking in terms, you know, it used to be a rule you couldn't play an FCS team every year, you had to do this. I think some of those things are being reevaluated. I think the one thing we can recognize is this. It doesn't matter what model we come up with on scheduling, Greg. Every team is looking at their schedule saying, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and so that's what I said this morning to our coaches. We're in the Big Ten. We're adding USC and UCLA. There's no model that you're going to find where you're going to say, oh good, we, this is a winnable schedule. Every single week is going to be a dogfight. And that's why, as we talked about this coaching change, the attention to detail is going to be so critically important because these games are going to be won or lost on very thin margins. And that's where I'm, I'm confident that Coach Rule and his staff 